It's Daily Thunder, the special holiday edition. The Ellerslie campus is closed through Christmas break, but Daily Thunders are still booming forth daily through this podcast. For those of you that like to enjoy Daily Thunder live and in person on the Ellerslie campus, mark your calendars for our relaunch on Monday, January 13th. To learn more about our discipleship programs or to support this podcast, visit ellerslie.com. This episode is part of a special series entitled The 12 Days of Christmas and is delivered by a special guest, Leslie Ludi. Well, welcome everyone. And this meditation or message is called The Best News Ever. I was thinking about Christmas not too long ago when I was just talking to my kids about Christmas memories. And I remember being about nine years old and I was the lead angel in the church play, the church Christmas play. And I was Gabriel. I'm not sure why I was Gabriel, because one of the kids said, isn't Gabriel supposed to be a boy angel? And somehow I was Gabriel. And my, my role was to wear a long white robe and have a trumpet and blow a trumpet and deliver some news to the shepherds. And I remember the trumpet was a real trumpet, and somebody was standing backstage playing the fanfare, and, but I, they taught me how to make my fingers you know, look like I was really playing it, so I got so many compliments on my trumpet playing after that. But the news that I was to deliver, my big line in the, in the church play was, Behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I was playing an angel in the church play, delivering the best news ever. And actually, that's based on a real moment in history where angels deliver the best news ever. And I think that's really an incredible thing to think about. Because as Christians, we so often look to other forms of good news to try to to bring us happiness. Maybe a job promotion, news of a job promotion, news of uh, a really incredible accomplishment, something you've been working hard to try to achieve and you finally got it. Or maybe news of people flocking to you as friends, Facebook page, you know, you've got all these likes or special invitations to things so your popularity is increasing. Maybe someone's interested in you, you're single, or someone proposes to you, or you have an invitation or an opportunity to go somewhere and do something really exciting. These are all forms of good news or exciting news, and oftentimes we are looking to those things to say, if something like that were to happen to me, I'd have every reason to be happy. I'd have every reason to be joyful. And yet, to think about the reality that we have already received the best news ever. We have already gotten better news than we will, that ever has been or ever will be on that night that the angels came to the shepherds and said, I bring to you tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. So living in the reality that we have received the best news ever, how should that apply to our daily lives? How should that impact our outlook on life? I think this is a lesson that God has really been teaching me over the past couple of years as circumstances in my life have been less than ideal, not what I was hoping for, disappointments and heartaches along the way for the last two years or more. But 
God constantly bringing me back to the reality that he's already given me the best news ever. He's already given me the greatest gift I could ever receive when he sent his son to this earth as a baby to be sacrificed on my behalf and to base my happiness, to base my joy, to base my contentment in that news, in that reality and not on anything else. Happiness is what the entire world is seeking. Elizabeth Elliot, if you listen to her messages, she's always quoting a philosopher from history. I don't know if it was Plato or one of those guys. But he said, all men seek happiness. There are no exceptions. And isn't that so true? Everybody you meet, every person you encounter is in their own way trying to find happiness, trying to find contentment. It's something that we are just programmed to seek after. And yet what's incredible is that we as Christians are the ones with the real secret to happiness because we've received that news from the angel that night that God sent his only son to the world to be sacrificed on our behalf. So we have what the rest of the world is seeking after. It was given to us that night that Jesus came into the world. And so it's so important that we as Christians go to the right source for happiness, the right source for joy, look to the right news, the right good news for our exhilaration, for our fulfillment. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. There are so many statements all throughout uh, throughout Scripture that the source of ultimate joy and happiness is found in him. Not in anything else, not in any earthly accomplishment, not in any moment of your life that brings joy. I mean, there there are moments of joy, your wedding day, the birth of a child, a great, you know, breakthrough in your life in some way that those can be like little tastes of joy. But real joy, lasting joy, lasting happiness, what all men are seeking after is found only in him. That gift that was given to us on Christmas. Psalm 511 says, Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. So are we joyful in him? Or are we trying to be joyful in other things? In 1 Peter 1.8 it says, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. I can't think of any other type of joy, any other type of good news we could ever receive that is truly inexpressible and full of glory. Only in Jesus is true happiness found. So here are some reasons why we can be happy right now. It's because of that message the angels brought to the shepherd that night on Christmas and all that transpired, all that followed that news that was delivered. We so often want to delay our contentment. We want to delay our joy until something happens in our life. Maybe you can relate to this. This has been a struggle for me on and off throughout my entire Christian life. It's like I'm waiting for something to happen, so I put happiness on hold until that one thing happens. Once I get done with this miserable, grueling project, then I'll be happy. Until then, I have every reason to be frustrated and miserable. Or if this person would start treating me better, then I would be cheerful. I would be happy. But until then, it's totally reasonable for me to be irritated and down and depressed. If I could finally, this is when you're in your single years, if I could finally get married like all my friends, then I'd be happy. But until then, I have every right to feel lonely and discontent. Paul wrote the words in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when this happens or when that happens. Rejoice in the the Lord always. And he wrote those words from a prison cell. In fact, the book of Philippians is like the book about joy. It's a a book about having joy in Jesus, the ultimate source of true joy. And he wrote it from a prison cell. And I think that's very significant. 
So the key question we need to ask ourselves, is joy a feeling or a decision? We so often think that happiness and joy is based on how we feel rather than a decision, but happiness, real happiness, the happiness that is found in Jesus and what he did for us, And the news that the angels brought to the shepherds, that kind of happiness, is a decision of the will. It's that purposeful act of fixing our gaze on Jesus Christ and anchoring our soul to him. So as long as our eyes are on Jesus and the gift, the sacrifice, what he did for us, we will be happy because it's the best news in the world. It's the most incredible gift we'll ever receive. But as long as they're on our circumstances, we'll probably always be discontent because I don't know of anyone who's ever felt that they were in perfect circumstances. Every single solitary detail of their life was perfect. That isn't going to happen until we reach heaven. But we have perfect happiness in Jesus in what he did for us. Let's just look at a few common myths about what real happiness is and the biblical answer in Jesus. The first one, which is usually in the single years but can also happen after marriage, I'll be happy when my romantic life is perfect. So in the single years, when I finally meet this person and when we finally get engaged and when we finally get married, or if you're married, when my spouse finally changes, when my marriage becomes this or that, or you know, my spouse becomes more sensitive, more understanding, etc. But the reality is that if we are looking to a human person to meet the deepest needs and longings of our heart, we'll only become disappointed and frustrated because Jesus is the only one who can meet the deepest needs and longings of our heart. So as long as we're looking to someone else to meet needs in our life that only Jesus can meet, we're always going to be putting unhealthy pressure on that other person because we're trying to get them to fulfill something that only Christ can fulfill. If we're fulfilled in Jesus, we can be outward. We can give. We can serve. We can love the other person unselfishly. It says in Psalm 107, 9, he satisfies the longing soul. So those shepherds, when they heard that news, they were really gaining the secret of what their souls were longing for. They, they got the answer that night. This was, this, was the, this was the thing their soul was seeking after, what the entire world is seeking after. He satisfies the longing soul. It doesn't say a boyfriend or a girlfriend satisfies the longing soul, or getting married satisfies the longing soul, or having a perfect spouse satisfies the longing soul. He satisfies the longing soul. So let's make sure that we're finding our fulfillment and our joy in the one who truly satisfies at the heart level, the deepest level of who we are. Another common happiness myth is this. I'll be happy when people finally notice me and appreciate me. If you've ever felt overlooked or disregarded or like you didn't get enough credit for what you've done or socially, you know, you don't feel included, you want to climb the popularity ladder, you just want to stand out, you want to be applauded, you want to achieve something, the applause of men. We so often, in whatever way, shape, or form, we so often try to find happiness in the applause of men. And the way to find, to to turn that biblically is to get out of the way so that Jesus could be seen, and that actually leads to joy. We see that in the pattern of John the Baptist in John 3.30, where he says, I must decrease, but he, meaning Jesus, would must increase. He found so much joy in the fact that people did not notice him because they were captivated by Jesus. He said in John 3.29-30, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled he must increase but I must decrease so it's totally backwards from the way we think when the angels came and they said they were giving glory to God that was such a picture 
of what actually leads to happiness in our own lives when we give glory to God, when we get out of the way and we proclaim him. That is actually what brings us happiness, not just being recognized and approved by others. When our desire is to get out of the way so Jesus and everything he is can be more clearly seen through our lives, we'll discover a little-known secret to real joy. John the Baptist had great joy by getting out of the way and bringing glory to Jesus Christ. Another common happiness myth is I'll be happy when I can experience the best that life has to offer. So whether that's going after money or comforts, whether that's going after adventure and experience, whether that's going after worldly entertainment and pleasure and you know being able to see this show or go experience this thing, the reality is that the only true fulfillment can come in the things that are eternal, the things that will last forever, the things that actually have merit beyond this life and are centered in Jesus Christ. As C.T. Studd said, only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So the best that life actually has to offer is proclaiming him, is sharing him, is going into all the world and preaching the gospel, exuding him wherever you go. That is actually the best joy we could ever experience on this earth, not living in pleasure, not living for self. 1 Timothy 5.16 says, she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives, and that can apply to men as well. If we live in pleasure, we're dead while we live. We have those temporary highs that come from like, oh, I saw this great movie, I saw this great show, I went on this great trip, I had this great adventure, I got this new car, those temporary thrills But the Bible says if that's what we're living for, we're dead while we live. If we look to earthly things to bring us happiness and fulfillment, we're only going to be going from one temporary high to the next. True happiness is found when we live for eternity. All happiness, all of these different situations where we're pursuing happiness in the wrong thing, actually have the real answer in Jesus Christ. The fourth myth is that I'll be happy when my circumstances change. I need a better job, I need a better marriage, I need a better church, I need better friends, I need a better wardrobe, I need a better house, et cetera, et cetera. I need to get into this better school, whatever it is. My circumstances need to change before I can really be happy. And the mantra of our entire culture is pursue your own happiness, do what makes you happy, that's your right, that's your purpose, that's your destiny. In fact, if you're not pursuing your own happiness, something's wrong with you. I mean, the idea of pursuing your own happiness is, is on every you know, poster and, and you know, decorative thing you see in the store. It's on t-shirts and, and sweatshirts and hats and bags. I mean, pursue what makes you happy, to do what makes you happy. So we get to the point where we can easily start thinking, it's my right to do whatever makes me happy. And I've talked before about how there are leaders of ministries around the world, missionaries that we've talked to all around the world that have said, we are so desperate for Christians who will come and serve on the mission field or come and serve in the ministry and do whatever needs to be done, no matter how tedious it is, no matter how mundane it is, and whether or not it fits their unique desires and personality. But usually the people that come and want to serve in a ministry have their checklist. Well, I'm geared this way and I'm wired that way and this is what my passions are and I have to do something that fits this you know, little checklist that I've made for myself where I'm not willing to do it. So you don't get people who are just willing to pour their lives out behind the scenes without notice, without appreciation, because they've got this, I've got to do what makes me happy, what makes me feel good. Jesus was constantly, constantly setting that pattern of taking the lowest place. Even what he did on Christmas in leaving his throne, in coming to this earth as a baby, in humbling himself and making himself of no reputation, there's this pattern of just absolute spilling your life out, not pursuing your own glory, not pursuing your own happiness. And 
that is actually what brought joy even to Jesus. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He made himself of no reputation. He took on the form of a servant. He poured out his life, not seeking his own happiness, but ours. And that is actually what ushered in tremendous joy. And he left us an example that we would follow in his footsteps. So we need to start asking a new question, not what is going to make me happy, but what is going to bring God glory. And God gets glory when we get out of the way, when we put our selfish desires aside and we say, Lord, I am completely available to you. Even if I have to sacrifice my dreams and my hopes and my agenda and my plans, I am available to you. Do with my life what you will. That is how Jesus lived. That's how he calls us to live. And that's actually what brings true joy into our lives. We have every reason to be happy. We have already received the best news ever. Even if nothing else ever went right in our lives, even if we never achieved one earthly desire, we already have every reason to be happy for the rest of our lives because we're deserving of death. He came to this earth to give us everlasting life and he made us part of his royal family. What greater joy could we ever hope or want or need? It's so fascinating to me that that has been given to us we were, we were destined for an eternity of darkness and death and hopelessness. We were rescued. We were, be, we were grafted into his royal family. We are now children of God. It's this astounding, incredible news. Yet we're still looking to these temporary things to bring us real joy and happiness. So by God's grace, may we remember that we've already received the best news ever and allow that best news ever to transform our lives, every aspect of our lives. This is a quote from Streams in the Desert. This is what I want to finish with. I suspect that the source of every bit of sorrow in my life can be traced to simple unbelief. If I truly believe the past is totally forgiven, the present is supplied with power, and the future is bright with hope, how could I be anything but completely happy? So when we're thinking about the real meaning of Christmas, the real joy of this season, remember, it's all about receiving that best news ever and not looking to any other source for our fulfillment outside of him. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this astounding gift that we can't even really comprehend that you gave us on Christmas, that you gave us with, with your death, with your resurrection, and with your life. Lord, we thank you. And we ask, Lord, that our hearts and our minds would be fixed upon that most joyous news and that it would transform how we live and that we would look to no other source for our joy or our fulfillment than you alone. Lord, may our lives proclaim that you are the real secret to lasting joy and happiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is delivered live and streamed daily weekdays at 8.15 a.m. and weekends at 9.15 a.m. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. We invite you to visit us at the beautiful Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado for a day, a week, or an entire season of gospel-centered spiritual training. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.